Hey everyone, welcome back to Sung's Garage. Today we continue our interview with legendary Bay Area hip-hop artist Lyrics Born. In part one, we talked about how he got into his music career and we reflected on our similar struggles as Asian American artists. But today, in part two, we go deep into fatherhood and how we see toxic masculinity in our society and in our lives. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Y'all be good. So in all of your albums, um, in your music, you choose deliberately to never call a female the, you know, the uh, a bitch. The B word. Yeah, the B word, yeah. right? And it's, I'd like to just kind of go into in today's world where sure. words are used loosely and and they're kind of just thrown out like yeah, uh, they're just shot around and yeah. certain words could do a lot of damage and you don't want to be uh, look, I know, you know, it's as a hip hop artist as a musician there's a certain like level of street cred you want to keep mm -hmm. and when you say okay these are things i'm not going to do that are the norm like i want to know where that came from man like, uh i would hear about it i think if i did it you know i just i'm surrounded by women that just not feeling that you know mm -hmm. i would hear about it if i did something like that mm -hmm. you know my mother would say something mm -hmm. my wife would say something mm -hmm. you know i mean I think that, uh, you know, every artist has, I don't care who you are, every artist, you know, it could be the most foul mouth artist on the planet. They have a short list of things that they will not do or they won't talk about. You know, that just happens to be on mine, mm. you know. Mm. And um, I, I think that um, I love plenty of songs that use the word. I love plenty of artists that use the word. I mean... I've been listening to Too Short for 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I bought those tapes when I was 11 years old. You know, those Too Short tapes when I was 11 years old. I hear it every day. Yeah. I hear people say it in everyday language, male and, and everyday speech, male and female. It's just not something that I choose to do. You mm -hmm. know? And mm -hmm. I think for myself, I think, you know, it took me a long time to sort of realize, you know, Toxic masculinity is a real thing, you know, and I think that um, I think that we need to kind of help each other, particularly as men. We need to help each other get away from that and identify that kind of behavior and help get away from it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because I grew up in an era where, you know, that word was used as, you know, it ain't nothing but a word to me. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's the era that I grew up in, yeah. you know. And I grew up where it was perfectly acceptable, you know. It was perfectly acceptable to use that word in front of other women, you know. And uh, and um, it, it's not okay, you know. It's not okay. And I and I think. But where did he learn that? You know, because I had to learn the hard way. It's like I came, I come from an environment, a generation where like that locker room hyper masculinity. Totally. Nomenclature is kind of like just accepted, and then yeah. you bring it into certain environments, and you. You, you you shoot yourself in the foot yeah. but then you know you know I was talking to a friend the other day that guy who gave me the cell phone he was he actually we talked about this <laughs> and we're talking about like it's it's surprising that there is not a manual mm -hmm. right if you don't have like proper like father figure in your house mm -hmm. like where do you learn how to treat and talk about women and what not to say or talk about you know 
homosexuality. Like yeah. I, you know, when I came into town, man, where I grew up, like everybody used the word gay. Yo, that's gay. That's hella gay. Right. That's gay. You're gay. This gay. And then it was not. I didn't even know what a homosexual was. I never mm. met one. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't care. I did, there was no like you know prejudice that I had, but I used it in my daily words. And then when I would meet gay people, mm -hmm. and they would hear me talk. Imagine, like, I think about it, the, the way I, 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 the change was forced on me, mm -hmm. it wasn't because someone stopped and said, hey, hey, man, you know, you shouldn't do that, or, you know, that's not PC. It was really, you know, I saw the effect it would have on people that cared about me right. and that, that loved me, yeah. and then they saw that word as, like, that, you know, attacking them mm -hmm. or, you know, discriminating, and the hurt that that word would use right yeah. i was like no I, I i'm not that guy mm -hmm. and i and i sit back and i would remind i go how come i was never taught this man how right. come no teacher sat me down or no mentor sat me down it's like yo you don't use these words you don't yeah. call the you don't call women bitches and you don't use you know you don't use fags and gay and stuff right. because these are the consequences and it you know if i didn't fix that problem until my 30s you know right. what about the kids that never have that opportunity right yeah, well, I think, you know, as time goes on, society changes, you know, and it tends to correct itself, you know what I mean? And I think, you, you know, like I said, I mean, I had a very opinionated, strong mother, you know, and the certain shit she just wasn't going for, yeah. you know? And um, so that, that helped. I think, number one, that helped, you know? She had very strong opinions on gender roles, you know, and or, or you know, sort of blurring the boundaries mm. on gender roles. Mm -hmm. You know, she was, I was for, for the most part, I was raised by a single mother, mm -hmm. you know. And so um, I think that's where that comes from. And I think, you know, I think also to a certain degree, you know, why were we not aware that these words are bad? Well, I think sometimes the fish don't know that they're swimming in water. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. And it's, it's until that you... you it's pointed out to them that, hey, man, it's not cool. You know, da 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 da. I've had guys pull me aside when I was a kid and be like, look, man, shouldn't really say that. And I listen to them. Yeah, yeah. I listen to them. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's really important for, you know, um, for other men to have that discussion with men. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you're speaking a certain way about a certain group, mm -hmm. And then that group it, um, corrects you. Yeah. Sometimes it's not as effective no, as if you're defense, in, yeah. as if your group. Yeah. Says something about it. Yeah. It's like waking up a sleepwalker. Well, it is. I feel like for some people they'll get super sensitive and then they won't even hear the message. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You should have just said that. Yeah, but. I like so, metaphors. I like that yeah, metaphor, I like that, though. though. Thank now, you. now that it's been explained. Thank you. I like how you trying to hog up the airtime, like giving a, f a metaphor that nobody understands, so you have to explain it. So you get <laughs> double the real estate of the words. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's smart. It's smart. No, it's smart. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, so, yeah, so that's, that, that's something that, you know, I've been talking to my, you know, my, my buddies that are, you know, raising sons these days. It's like, yeah. you know, what is this like, you know, do the right thing manual for like, you know, 
men towards other men mm -hmm. um or just you know you as a dude like you growing up and you you know with your mom raising you you seem to she seemed to have passed off to you like a certain you know list of rules mm -hmm. right and you abide by it and and it's been proven that you mm -hmm. follow these rules and these are the effects or these are the consequences like mm -hmm. you're given almost the owner manual of how to become a man right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's so many dudes man that don't have that like yeah. they don't even know the basic like what's do the right thing yeah. simply just do the right thing man yeah you know and it's like yo, you don't call a woman this you don't do this even things like Yo, you treat a woman like a lady. You mm -hmm. open the door. You, there's certain chivalry. It's like equality is great, but then ladies still want to be treated like ladies. Like it's my 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 wife wants to be treated, be told that she's beautiful. She wants to be loved on, and mm -hmm. whatever your definition is, that mm -hmm. is is that. But then I was taught that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was taught like you have to treat women a certain way. Mm -hmm. So there's I can't deviate because I would feel like I'm doing some like you know sin you know like i'm sinning if i yeah. treat it but then what are like if you had a list of like basic principles as a father now mm -hmm. right it's like for the dudes out there that maybe didn't that don't have this manual mm -hmm. like what are the fundamental principles that you would suggest well i i think for the most part i mean it's cliche but you really have to lead by example mm -hmm. so i think he probably sees the way that i treat his mother mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and you know especially when you're a boy your dad is like, it's fucking Superman. You know what I mean? And and I think, like, I know mine was. Whatever my dad said, what that's got to be true because he's my dad, you know. So if you are passing down that sort of toxic behavior, then you will interpret that as law. You know what I mean? But if you're passing down a different set of, of, of behaviors, then that will be interpreted as law too. You know what I mean? So I think I probably had to correct him a couple times if he said some stuff that wasn't like, you know, that was insensitive or something. You know, I probably, ha I don't remember what those are off the top, but that's just sort of part of parenting, right. you know? Right. And I think that, um, but I think by and large, he probably is going to see how we interacted on a daily basis how we interacted, in, my wife and I, how we interacted in great times, how we interacted during crisis, you know what I mean? And that's probably going to provide him with the manual, the, the roadmap that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I would hope, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I would hope. And then, you know, just got to do a little correction along the way, you know, like if, if certain isolated incidents pop up and you're like, nah, I shouldn't really do that. I shouldn't really say that, you mm. know, and this is why, mm. and this is why, you know, um, yeah, there's been moments like that where I've had to do that. But I mean, that's, that's why they're children. That's why they're children, you know, and the instant that you, that they see that they observe correct behavior or the, the, the instant that, that you correct them on their behavior, they, they've they've just matured a little bit, you know, that they've just matured a little bit. And then hopefully all these slices, you know, create a loaf, you know what I mean, once they're older. And then, but, I mean, look, we're also human. We're going to do some stupid shit, you know what I mean? We're going to say some things that are, and do some things sometimes that are contrary to the way that we were raised, you know, mm -hmm. and that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. But I think... 
you know, insensitivity, sensitivity, intolerance. These are all learned behaviors. You know what I mean? So maybe you're learning it from your parents. Maybe you're learning it from your friends. You know, all that shit can happen. You know, when I was a kid, man, it was like you, the, the, the most popular, admirable dudes when I was a kid were the ones that had the most girlfriends. You know what I mean? Didn't matter how they felt, how the girlfriends felt, you know. It was like this was our idea of masculinity mm. and a man and this kind of stuff. And I think in retrospect now I see that's not really necessarily true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it just sort of, um, if it's not done properly, you know, it can create a situation where it can create pain, you know. And uh, I, I, I do believe, you know, toxic masculinity, it's a thing, man. It's real. You know, and it is something that that I feel like generation by generation it's getting better, you mm, know. Mm. But it's because we're able to have these conversations. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know. We went to a restaurant the other day, man. Yeah. And uh it was not good. The restaurant was not good. The three of us. And I went, Oh my God, I hate this food. This food was terrible. I'm never coming back here again. The food tasted bad. The service was bad, et cetera, et cetera. And my 10-year-old goes, yeah, you know, Daddy, I agree. I hated that food. That food was terrible. This service sucked. Da-da-da-da. And I'm just like, whoa. He just took everything I said word for word. If I would have said the opposite, he probably would have said the opposite mm. too. And now I'm hearing him talking about how he hates shit and how the service sucked and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, that didn't make me feel good hearing yeah. him say those things, you know. So it made me kind of check myself on, okay, they, they, they model their behavior after yours, yeah. you know. And it's easy to lose sight of that as an adult sometimes, you know. And so, like I said, I mean, hopefully I'm setting a better example than that yeah. on, the, on average. You yeah, know? It's, it's great that you're aware of that. Um, well, I heard it, and it, he, word for word, he said everything that I said, you know, but it's not, it's different when you hear a 10-year-old speaking so strongly, you know, like, he doesn't understand the context, you know, like, for me, you know, we say, oh, God, I hate that shit, yeah, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean a lot to you yeah, and me, yeah. but when you hear a child use the word hate, it's just different, yeah. you know, it, it, it just... How can they hate it? It was free. Right. <laughs> what right. they hate about yeah. it? Service. Like, yeah. What service you need? We ordered for you. <laughs> right, that's right. What kind of services a kid need? Right? Yeah. You ain't paying the check. That's true. Yeah, nothing. You just, you were yeah. driven here. You eat, you're fed, you're ordered for. Yeah. And you get a dessert option. <laughs> dessert. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 That's great. I have a question. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on toxic masculinity in, in your case, hip-hop? And in your case... Car culture, racing, all that stuff. Like, well, that's, a that? that's a good question. That's a good question. Go ahead. Um, I think it's a problem, you know. And I think it's a problem in. Uh, it's a problem. It's a big problem in society. I think it's too acceptable for us to put it in music, you know. But I think that. The fact that it is in music 
I don't know if it should be viewed solely as a genre problem. More so, well, no, it is a genre problem also. It's a genre problem also because, you know, hip-hop can be boastful. You know what I mean? And so sometimes we try to outdo each other with, with positive and negative things, you know. And so, um, yeah, I think it's an issue. I think it's an issue. But it's a, it's a large, it's a societal issue, you know. And the fact that we as a society are okay with these things being said, that says a lot about us also, you know what I mean? And um, I think that uh, there's real consequences, you know, that come along with that. And uh, I think that, again, we're going to get more mileage out of changing. We're going to get more mileage out of peer-to-peer conversations in changing that than I think um, like condemnation or, you know, I think I think it's more effective than like, you know, you pull your homie aside and be like, hey, man, it's not really cool, you know. Let's try to do it a little differently, you know. Well, to rephrase the question a little bit, like, mm. what do you think is going right in terms of, you know, those things improving in the genre? Well, I mean, the fact that we're having conversations about it freely, and I think the, fa- the fact that men are having conversations about it more frequently and more freely, that's a big step, you know what I mean? I mean, I think... I don't think my father's generation would have ever discussed this. You know, I don't I don't remember I don't remember my dad ever sitting down and talking to me about um behavior about women, you know, as it relates to women. I don't think I ever heard him have that conversation with me. Now, I had a very old school stoic Japanese father, you know, that like didn't talk a lot about anything, you know. <laughs> so I don't know that he would have anyway, you know. I mean, his favorite line was when I'd ask him questions was, you don't need to know, you know, which is like, okay, just shut that down. You know what I mean? I guess that, that, that subject's off limits, you know what I mean? But this generation and the next generation is different, you know. And I think, I think you know, like I said, I think peer-to-peer and kind of man-to-man conversations are they're really important. Hypermasculinity in the car culture, like in what, what, in what well, like racing, toxic, toxic masculinity in um, those communities. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's a human condition. It's it's the the masculine human condition of males needing to uh, have bigger, faster, more expensive. You know, it's 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 part of history. Everybody wants to, you know, some dudes because. Maybe you, you, the environment you've grown up in, you know, you were taught that. It was your condition brainwashed to go, you know, coolness, masculinity is how fast you go, how loud you go, how expensive or how your, how your truck is or, you know, how big the engine is, all that stuff, right? And I look at it and I go, some of it I look at as very positive because it's a simple place to put that energy. Um, and there's communities. There's always communities. There's car communities are to me important because it's a physical activity that families can do and yes it's masculine because it's racing it's like it's never going to change i i want like you know uh kids in the future to to be able to 
have competitive, you know, experience on the track to to want to go faster, to build something bigger. And but then in between, as you get older, it you realize it's a journey. It's a journey of community, and you build things together. You race together, and hopefully, you get stuff out of it. And you know, masculinity to me is like in some places is exerted properly. It's necessary. You know, I think it's necessary as long as I think. Uh, vocabulary is guided it's led by example right um and it's not the word my definition of masculinity it's not oh you're superior because you're a male i think the it's this more of of an ethos of just this cowboy spirit let's race let's get on the horses who's going to go faster let's you know let's let's be, you know who's who's going to have the you know the the craziest car this year and why are we building that that has a depreciating you know value well it's because we got to spend time in the garage together and so to me to be able to pass down kind of mentorship and if if at times there's you know lessons to be learned because masculinity is used in the wrong way i think it's a great place of learning right and it and it's cast the characters you can have the greatest intention and if you have self-motivated individuals right that are not there for the proper reasons the builds it's going to reflect on the, the car and the build and the experience right so um i i feel like at times we need more of it today because everything on the computer like masculinity is like you know the hyper masculinity that people talk about today is not the hyper masculinity i grew up with to you know before it, it was chauvinistic and you know t uh, you know backwards from my father's generation but you know i didn't have video games that were like killing kids and raping people and pillaging you know villages man you know so that is what's that is that masculine or is this pure violence in a garage building the car we're not talking about pillaging people <laughs> you know or shooting somebody <laughs> in the face man it was like who's gonna get there faster that's it yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so it's not, it's not very it's not very violent. It's not it's not hyper anything. I go, what's hyper about it? It's like with the turbos, right? It's like, <laughs> yo, man, you look at the Fast and Furious movies. Dudes are you know making fluorescent green cars. Not too masculine, right? It's more like, <laughs> what is that, dude? <laughs> Some of it is a little, you know, it's a, it's a little goofy. So, um, does that answer your question? Yeah, more or less, yeah. More or less, yeah. 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 But did for you and uh, Race Ram, where your dad, did your dads talk to you any about that? About masculinity? No. Well, they, they taught me the, you know, the John way. My dad taught me the John way. So you get, you get, hey, I got bullied. I got beat up. Oh, yeah? Where does he live? Mm -hmm. It's like, what? It's like, I got, where does he live? You got to go and defend yourself. Mm -hmm. He punches you, you punch him back. They jump you, you go hunt him down. Mm -hmm. right? And you go, what? But that's how that's how I grew up, and is that masculinity or is that, you know, you need a you need you need to just he would say you got to man up. I go, what does that mean, right? And, and you're scared as a kid. You're scared. You're petrified. Yeah. But he would literally drive me in front of the house of a kid that would bully me, and then he would rehearse like some boxing moves, you know, jab jab punch, and then the whole we would rehearse the whole thing like ringing on the doorbell, hey. Asking the mom if Billy's there, and then you jab and you punch right across the eye, and then he'll, yeah. like, he'll never mess with you again because he thinks right you're in the crazy. Doorway. Right, but yeah. that was a different era. We yeah. didn't have guns and gangs like the kids wouldn't come back and all of a sudden do a drive-by. Right, right. right. But right. that was like the small town way of like you know you, you grow up, you defend yourself. Mm -hmm. They push you, you push back. Right. Mm -hmm. That was the way I, I grew up, and also, 
you know, masculine, you know, in terms of how to treat women is that, you know, you, you pull the chair out, you know, you, you, you drive, you pay for the bill. It's the chivalry. It's like, to me, when I see a dude, like, and you're dating this girl and you're into her and you go, yo, let's, let's split the check. I go, yo, man, who taught you that? I don't subscribe to that. As long as she's not some hoochie trying to like take advantage of you. If Let's you're into split it, the check. right? You go, yo, I don't come from that generation. Can I just say I love splitting the check? Do you? But go continue, please. To your wife? Yes, Me too. I do. Me too. To your wife? We split the check. No. Not always. What? Yes, we do. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't live by that. I live by my money is right? your money. If you're my wife, you yeah. own everything I own. That's just the way. I, yeah. I don't that, know where that came from. That's very cowboy. You yeah. Know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Proceed. Continue. So that's yes. anyway. My dad never like took me aside and told me about what the definition of masculinity was, but it was something that when it showed itself, I love you, dad, but it was very narrow. It was like, if I'm wearing something like yellow or something really colorful, yeah. it would be like, what do you think those girls are going to think of you? He would say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I love you, Dad. But, yeah. Interesting. And it was one of those things where I think even now he has maybe a little bit of a difficult time accepting. But when I think back, like, I remember the stories he told me about his dad. Like accepting what, your wardrobe choices? <laughs> well, I mean, like, just in terms of one of those things where it's like, if you're a guy, you should dress up in oh, okay. less colorful things. Oh, right. And if it's colorful, then it's feminine. Feminine. Or gay, like that kind of thing. And See, I mean, where do you get that? You you taught that, right? Yeah. Where did he get that? Yeah. Right. And I, I gotta say though, as a parent, yeah, I'm I'm like really looking forward to educating my son in a different way. I'm, I really look forward That's to nice. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I can't wait to tell him you can wear whatever you want. You want to wear? You want to dye your hair pink? You want to? You know, whatever you want to do, man. It, it has no bearing on. But you think you're setting him up for, are you, are you going to throw him into the wolves? Like, yeah, in your home, that's all nice and it's all hippie and musician-like, but then he shows up in like some fluorescent you know, outfit expressing himself and then he gets jumped. Well, then we'll, we'll deal with that. Hmm. We'll deal with that, you know. But I think that, you, you know, as a, okay, so I, I, the underlying message, though, I think, is that I can't, it, it's, it's a point of pride for me to be able to say to him, look, you know, don't worry about what other people think. You know, it's more important that you're happy with who you are, you know, and you, you can't subscribe to other people's definitions of masculinity or, or what's acceptable and da, da 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 If it creates problems for you, then we'll have to talk about that, yeah. how you want to yeah. deal with that, yeah. you know, yeah. but... We need to set the ceiling and not the floor. You know, we need to establish the ceiling and not the floor. So, you know, you don't want to live your life afraid to be who you are because of the way that other people may react. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, I, I love doing that with him. Yeah. You know, I love, like, maybe challenging challenging all challenging all those norms that maybe our fathers yeah. um, established i mean even even like you know the that you see the world changing literally in front of you like yeah. i remember 
about five years ago, five, six years ago, my cousin, you know, asked me to talk some sense into his like 13 year old daughter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, her dream was to be the president of the United States. Now she's born in the United States, born, mm -hmm. born in the South. She's true American, but you know, her aspirations were, she saw someone like, you know, Obama and she's like, hey, I could do this or Hillary, she can, you know, she could, she felt like she could do that. And mm -hmm. he's, he was like, hey, talk some sense into her that, you know, that's delusional. Oh, like, to, yeah. oh, really? And I was like, why, why, why do you say that? Because yeah. he's from my generation. He's like, hey, man, you know, maybe as an athlete or something. Like, he, he needed to see yeah. proof that it, there, it could work. Right? And I was like, where did he get that, man? It was almost like a castration. Yeah. Like a ceiling, like glass ceiling that yeah. was already, like, ch it chopped his head off. Like, yeah. castrated where he felt like he could exist in America. Yeah. Like, what was the point of going to college and your parents, like, like working at some liquor store yeah. in the hood in, in Georgia somewhere, right? And like making dollars at a time selling, you know, whatever they're selling at some convenience store to send you to college so you could go back and run the convenience store, right? right? And you go, where, 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 where was that glass ceiling? And then you're passing that off to your kids going, you know, you can't do this. And that's why, like even this, you know, the idea of Andrew Yang running for trying to become president. Yeah. It, he's a little early, right? And you know he's he's out. It was yeah. it, it wasn't gonna work out. It was not in the cards for him to win. But the fact that he actually is there yeah. as proof that yeah. he's articulate, his his policies are sound. He's not a moron. He's not doing it for all the wrong reasons. He mm -hmm. actually you listen to his message. You go sincere, dude. It happens to look like my dad or mm -hmm. me, right? Mm -hmm. And you go, yo, that's enough. You see the world changing in possibilities. Yeah. And I, as a father. I go, that must be super exciting for you to see where your kid could go. He can go do anything, yeah. man, anything. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, that my dream of being a baseball player, a professional baseball player in the Major League Baseball League in America was impossible because there were no other players that looked like me. Mm -hmm. You know, and when other kids would make fun of me or a coach would say, hey, boy, there ain't no other, you know, Orioles right. in the league, I would, right. I'd go, true. Right. So what, what am I even striving yeah. for? But today's world... Yeah, I could, you know, if I grew up today, I don't know if I would have been an actor. There were many more possibilities mm -hmm. to leave that impact, to leave that legacy, yeah. right? So. And yet you chose, though, a profession probably on paper looked the most improbable mm. that anybody from your background or generation could have ever picked. Yeah. You know. It wasn't, though. No, no, it wasn't. It, I didn't see it improbable because... You, but that's the that's the point though. You didn't see it no. as improbable. You didn't see it as improbable. No. But someone else looking at that on paper could be like, "Oh, get this shit out of here!" Hell, hell no. And and kind of like what your cousin said. That to me, as a parent, mm. is that makes me more angry as a parent when I hear those stories. That almost anything is when you feed your children poison. That they can't do something, that they can't. I hate hearing those stories because you have just told your you have just basically lopped off an entire world of possibility for, for that that this child could have achieved. Yeah. You know, it's like you you know you don't know what this person can go on to achieve. They can go on to help humanity. They can go on to you know create the next this or that that's going to help the entire world and why because you because it wasn't possible for you yeah you know that's what it boils down to a lot of times is just what people think they are 
or are not capable of, you know. And when they pass that, oh, that'll never work. I had a kid, I had a, I had a teacher in the 10th grade, you know, tell me, oh, tch, Japanese rapper, that'll be the day. You know what I mean? A teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, and at that time, I was going to Catholic school. My mother was paying him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to say that kind of shit. And I, I, what did I do? I, I, I told him, I was like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. The teacher said this to me. And my mother was like, oh, that's not acceptable. So she went to the, 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 the principal, and they went and talked to the dude. You know, because you can't really be in a position where you're mentoring children and tell them what they're not capable of doing. You should be doing everything that you can to be nurturing them and booing them up and bolstering their confidence and Absolutely. building their skill set Absolutely. so that they have a positive attitude about what they can do and their aspirations. I, I can't stand hearing those kind of stories because I know the effect that it has on young, impressionable children. You know what That's I mean? Right. That's right. And it's just disgusting to me. You know, it really is because not only are you depriving that child of, you know, their dreams, you're depriving the world of what this person may be, may become and contribute to help everybody else in their life somehow, you know, mm -hmm. it's, I, I can't stand hearing those stories. You know, that, that really breaks my heart. And as a parent, you know, you know, every day, every day I say to him, you know, Hey man, who's the best, you know? And he goes me and he said, and I, and I say, why? And he goes, because I'm smart, I'm special and I can do anything. You know what I mean? That is what we need to be every day. Every day. And because that is how we need to feel about ourselves. You know, doesn't mean it's not just going to be easy. Yeah. You know, but these are the kinds of things yeah, that we have to instill. Words that need to be moving in your head as a mantra. A mantra. Or I can't. Or yeah. no. Or impossible. Yeah. It's like a habit that you have to build yeah. over and over. Repetition that's until right. you believe it. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. subconsciously, hopefully that resonates and, and sort of, you know, builds that confidence and, and that, that will grow into something you know what are those three <laughs> say yeah uh, uh you know i ask him i say who's the best who's the best he says i am i am uh and i say why mm -hmm. and he said because i'm smart i'm special and i can do anything you know you're smart you're special and you can do anything <laughs> really <Yes. laughs> yeah, it might be a little too late for race right uh, all right you're smart you're special and you can do anything <laughs> All right, see you guys next time. Be good. Thanks again to our guest today, Lyrics Born. An amazing friend, man, and a wonderful human being. It was an honor to sit with you. And thanks for sharing your wisdom. And I truly learned a lot today about how to deal with toxic masculinity and how we need to mentor the boys we raise and the young folks we're around by setting the right example and being cautious of how we act and what we say. And at the end of the day, we all need to try harder to do the right thing. It's that simple. So please let us know what you think and if you have suggestions or concerns about the, the toxic masculinity you see in your life, we'd love to hear about it. Because we all need to help each other to simply try to make this a better world. Alright, see you next time in Sunk's Garage. Y'all be good. It's time to give a shout out to all the people that made Sunk's Garage possible. 
We got producers Anton Ho, Sal Gatula, Gary Lee, Aaron Strong going. And we got music by the one and only talented Lyrics Born. And we got food, catering, and hugs and love by Mickey Yang. All right, thank you very much. And also, all of you guys that are listening. Till next time, peace out. Screen to watch the world lose and a personal chef to cook up all the morsels. Buy a crib out in Bali, grow fish next to a Molly plant where I get to frolic in the sun, drinking cognac. The world is my oyster life, stories like an almanac. 50 rolls, horses just to floss on your body.